This is Steph, bringing you I Speaks, episode number nine, on Alana, featuring Vivi and Gigi. What follows is a story of loss, but it's also a story of leadership and community. This episode does not aim to tell the story of a life lost, Alana's. It's not my story to tell. Rather, the focus is on student-led efforts to remember Alana through a community event that has raised significant funds for cancer research. Throughout this episode, you'll meet Vivi and Gigi, the grade 11 students who currently organize Alana's Awesome Tournament, that great community fundraising event. You'll hear about their mentor, Feline, an ISP alumna who organized past tournaments. And you'll also learn about Tommaso, Athos, and Aris, who launched Alana's Awesome Tournament in 2015. First, in the words of David McMillan and Eileen McAteer, this is Alana's story. Thank you, Dave and Eileen, for sharing this letter. Alana McAteer McMillan was born in Belfast, Northern Ireland, on the 25th of June, 2001. As a result of a congenital heart defect, Alana required major surgery when she was only nine days old. Fortunately, her condition was stabilized and Alana was able to go home at the age of two months. In August 2004, Alana and her parents arrived in Windhoek, Namibia, where Alana started school at Windhoek International. Four years later, the family moved to Paris, where Alana joined grade two at the International School of Paris. Quite a change from the wide open spaces of Namibia, but Alana coped well with the transition and was soon more fluent in French than both her parents. In September 2012, Alana stepped up to the secondary school. Alana loved being at school and availed herself of all the opportunities there, especially participating in the school drama productions and playing for the soccer team. Tragically, everything came tumbling down in January 2013 when Alana was diagnosed with acute myeloblastic leukemia. She was treated at the Trousseau Hospital in Paris, receiving several rounds of heavy chemotherapy, which resulted in extremely harsh side effects. After almost a year of rehabilitation, Alana was due to return to school in January 2015, but suffered a relapse, which meant that a bone marrow transplant was necessary. This took place in February, but failed, and after a short period of palliative care at Trousseau, Alana passed away on the 8th of March, 2015. However, it was determined that some good should come from this tragedy. A fund was established in her name, and the money raised donated to the ARMHE, Association de la Recherche et Maladie Hématologique de l'Enfant an international research project into the causes and targeted treatment of childhood leukemia. One of the specialists involved in this project is Professor Arnaud Petit, who was Alana's consultant at Trousseau Hospital. To date, through individual and collective fundraising, including both the primary and secondary schools of ISP, and the significant contribution from the annual student-led Alana's Awesome Tournament, a grand total of just under 80,000 euros has been raised by the Alana Fund and donated to ARMHE. We are humbled yet delighted by this magnificent response. Eileen McAteer and David McMillan, Alana's parents. Well, I think 
the number one thing that ISB has taught about leadership and something that we see a lot in the real world is the way people approach a problem. So Alana being diagnosed with leukemia cancer, she always had, she was always positive and she always had a positive outlook on life, which I mean, I think it's incredibly important, especially now that we have, you know, this pandemic and so many other problems in the world. She always tried to be positive and, you know, and that smile that was shining from her also shone onto, it was shined onto the other people around her. Okay, so I'm Vivian and I'm in grade 11. I joined ISP uh, in 2011, so that was my grade 3 and now, as I said, I'm in grade 11. So it's been quite a long journey at ISP. And uh, so it's, it's actually nice to be able to participate in things like the tournament because I'm trying to, you know, leave an imprint in the school, which I've spent basically my whole childhood at. Okay, so what other what other kinds of activities have you done? Because you haven't done just Alana's tournament. You've done a lot of different things. So talk a little bit about some of those other activities. Well, in school, school-based, I've been part of student council for a long time. And this year I was actually selected to be student council president, which is actually a bit annoying because I was so close to completing so many different projects before coronavirus. So I'm going to have to drag them on and hopefully complete them next year. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, then I've also, I mean, Gigi and I both have been involved a lot in uh, student ambassador and kind of helping out the school in those terms through their uh, internet and their media. And I've also been part of a lot of different clubs at school and just generally trying to, you know, help out wherever I can with the different uh, departments and the different teachers. And then how many languages do you speak? I think that's also interesting to know. Well, I speak fluently. I speak four and I'm currently doing Chinese in in the NIB. So that's, I guess, my fifth language on its way. Gigi, your turn. So my name is Eugenie, but a lot of people call me Gigi. I joined ISP in 2017, so in grade 9, so I started, I guess, American High School or uh, the mid-MYP at ISP. I lived in Canada before, and before that I lived in other places in Europe. Within school, I haven't been at the school for a very long time, so I feel like I'm quite lucky to be involved in so many projects or be a part of our school community in a positive way and I think my friends helped me do that. Being friends with Vivi has allowed me to be part of more projects and making friends with people like for example Feline which we met through the football team last year became one of our really close friends and she was the leader of the tournament last year and because we were friends we were able to get a look at the tournament and see how how you even organize such tournaments because it's obviously not easy and I feel like that led us naturally to lead it this year. So I feel like friendships and being involved wasn't too hard. And I'm kind of happy about that because I can do things in the school. It's not just about being able to, but it's also about wanting to. Part of being a leader is sometimes just standing up and saying, you know, I'll do that. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if you're willing to do that, I mean, because certainly, you know, Vivi's friends with other people that don't necessarily participate in <laughs> as many things as you do. I'm sure, I think, I don't know. I don't know who all of them are. I'm assuming. All right, how many languages do you speak? Um, I speak two. I speak French and English. Lana is a student that we unfortunately lost to leukemia cancer in 2015. And after that, she's still been a big part of ISP community. I actually, when we, when I was in grade three, when I was new to ISP, she was in grade five. So we used to spend park time together. So after lunch, we would all go to the park. And I remember 
I remember I was I mean we weren't that close obviously because we were in different grades but I do remember her I remember her always having a smile on her face I remember playing tag with her and all her friends in grade five so I did actually meet her which is why I'm so happy and blessed to be able to have the opportunity to continue her legacy through the tournament at school give us the overview of the tournament so this would have been the fifth year yeah of the tournament exactly. and, and how, how does it work well what is kind of the logistics of, so, the, of the tournament there's a lot of planning that we obviously do beforehand but the tournament itself is a basketball and football tournament for the younger grades and we play tournaments within the school so we organize a schedule and play and there's also some food uh, being sold so that we can raise money on top of the entrance fee so there's an entrance fee to play so yeah, that's cool every, okay every every like athlete or member of the team plays pays 10 euros and then obviously this goes directly into the fund and the good thing about alana's tournament is it's a really just chill day like it's usually in may so it's really nice weather when you're not playing you're just on the side like passing the ball it's honestly a day which is rather than like competitive and intense sports it's really just a day to get the school communities together yeah and it's also really nice because we're able to have a bunch of different sports teams and different ages and it's not it's not something which is necessarily sad because it's viewed in a very positive way so everyone goes there with a smile everyone's happy about the tournament it's a very positive environment which is really good and so what are the other schools that participate because they're all in the paris area right you're not yeah having schools come internationally so what are a few of the schools that that participate over and over again over and over again we have asp so american school of paris british school of paris hermitage and ejm okay and then sometimes marymount participates this year they couldn't but yeah it's generally these four or five schools okay and so how do you organize where you're going to play because we at isp we don't have a, a soccer pitch so how do you organize all that well, we go to where we go to uh, for PE, so Vidizi, and there's one big football pitch, which you can obviously turn into two half pitches, and then there's also a few basketball courts, indoor ones, so usually the day before we make a schedule with the number of pitches and the number of teams and who's going to be playing against who at what time and when and where, mm-hmm. and once that's there, then as soon as everyone has arrived at the Venezuela Stadium, which is usually around 10 in the morning of the tournament day, we group everyone and give them a little speech about Alana and the meaning behind the tournament. And then we give them a run through of what the day is going to look like. And then it just goes from there. And then we just make sure we, we're always talking to the coaches so mm-hmm. that then they can pass down the information about the games to their team. Do you have to organize then also people who are going to referee the games? Yeah, which is usually just our ISP students, like um, people who aren't playing at that time, or a lot of students from school who aren't part of the teams come and join and just hang out there and help out. Um, and then you also have trophies. So you give out trophies at the end to the, the winners, correct? Yeah, correct. We give out trophies and sometimes even um, like most valuable players awards and things like that. Okay, so big organization. So when do you start the organization? If your event is in May, when do you start organizing everything? Well, this year we actually started right off the bat in September because the transition from grade 10 to grade 11 is quite stressful. So we wanted to be on top of things and just be ready for it. So we started sending emails to the other schools to know who was available, who was not in September, actually, the first or second week of school, because we were expecting them to take a while to answer. So then we could give ourselves time and structure a timeline so we can uh, order buses and get the stad picked out and the day and things like that. 
Perfect. Yeah. So depending on the days when the schools were available, you did you could choose the date around when everyone was available and have the most number of schools there. Yeah, yeah there was some ups and downs. Um, but in theory, overall, we kind of had like on top of things from September, October, November, and then it was more chill because we had the schools, we had the buses, we had the stadium picked out, and then it was kind of going to be a very more relaxed situation until March, April-ish, where we were going to have to start thinking about the schedule and the food and all that. So right before confinement, we were honestly kind of in this in-between, like lingering between the two phases of the tournament organization. How easy is it for you to find volunteers? Do you have to spend a lot of time recruiting student volunteers or do you find that students approach you and and ask to have an opportunity to participate? Um, We run around the grade 10 homerooms and since we were both the class representatives of our homerooms, we were able to talk to the homerooms and see if there was any volunteers. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's really not that hard to find volunteers for it because... It's also very fun and chill. So, yeah, a lot of people actually do volunteer for it. Okay. And who supports you as an adult? Because, I mean, you're not just doing this all by yourselves without the support of some sort of adult. Right. Who's Um, who's helping you out? Let's hear those names. Okay, well, we spent a lot of time, obviously, talking to Feline, and she was our number one source of information. Mm -hmm. And then we also spent a lot of time in the PE department, so with the PE teachers helping us with the stadium and the buses and all those kind of things. We have had support from different teachers who uh, aren't necessarily involved in CAS, but they're really involved in the tournament. So, for example... um, Miss Fouché, we had Miss Martini, uh, Miss Lavalle, um, and then obviously we also had Mr. McMillan and Miss McAteer who are very involved in the tournament and have helped us out as well. And who are the parents of Alana? Alana, yeah. Exactly. I, th- I think we've really covered the whole organization, and I think it's easy to see that it's a huge job and that it really involves the entire community. So the schools within Paris. It involves the school principals, it involves the PE team, it involves a whole bunch of other teachers and other departments. The students are willing to get involved. It really, really is a community effort and a day Mm -hmm. that everyone enjoys. Yeah, I also forgot to mention Ms. Kaipalu. So we actually had a meeting with all of these teachers that I mentioned um, regarding this year's tournament. So to be honest, the planning did start in um, June of last year to kind of tell them that we were going to take over. Mm -hmm. And then we heard from them a bit at the beginning of September, but now we've especially had a lot of support with them because of obviously the situation and what we're doing to adapt to it. I had one more question about the organization. So, Feline ran it last year. Did, did she do multiple years of organizing the tournament? Uh, just... uh, I think she helped like we did the year before. Uh-huh. Um, maybe Vivi can like correct me on that. I'm not sure. Last year it was Feline, and this year it's us, but we still have Feline always at the back of our minds giving yeah, us if, tutoring. If we need help or if we need to know how much money was raised last year, or for example, for the food, we remember it being kind of a tricky process last year, so she definitely would have been able to help us and give us tips on how to do it efficiently and what to do and things like that. Okay, and is she is she still in France, or did she where'd she go to university? Um, she went to Edinburgh University, but at the moment she's in Paris. Okay, and she actually was gonna be here because her exams were gonna finish right before the tournament. So she, I mean, had everything been under normal conditions, she would have actually been able to attend the tournament and help us out, which would have been amazing. But yeah. unfortunately, that can't happen. But maybe next year. That extends the the community reach even further. I didn't realize that Feline had such a close relationship with you still and that one of our alumna is still helping with the tournament or the organization Mm -hmm. and and still so involved it's really great yeah 
And I'm so silly, I didn't even ask, but how much money did you raise last year? The tournament is our number one fundraiser, but then we also had projects throughout the whole school year from both primary and secondary school. So I believe last year we raised just under 8,000 euros, but over the past five years, the Alana Fund itself has raised just under 80,000 euros, if I'm not mistaken. So we have had huge amounts of support from the community, and it's really nice to see that despite, you know, time passing by, it's still something that is very dominant in our school community, and that's what we'd like to continue this year. Yeah, because in the secondary school, we have the tournament itself, and then a lot of the students' projects, or if they raise money, or maybe bake sales that they do, will go towards the fund. But in primary school, we had a meeting with the principal last year, and Mm -hmm. we were just talking about this the other day, and we were remembering that they used to put lines down on the floor and then fill the lines up with coins and Mm -hmm. money. And I think overall, they made quite a bit of money with that, which was quite surprising, actually. It was a really big help. So can you explain that too a little bit? So there's the Alana Fund, and then the money from the fund is given to Professor Petit? Yeah, that's right. Okay. We meet with him every year at the end of the year to give him all the money that we've raised throughout the whole year. And then he actually uses this money to put it back into research and to treat other children who are going through the same thing that Alana unfortunately had to go through. And so it's it's really nice to know because the problem a lot of the times we see and we know that when you raise money and then you just end up giving it to a fund, you never know actually where it actually goes. But it's it's really nice and satisfying to be able to, you know, physically hand the money or the check into the doctor's hand in order for him to then use it and it's it also gives a lot of a a personal touch and it it just goes beyond just alana it goes just it goes into a whole paris community really and he was was he actually the doctor one of the doctors that treated alana yeah yeah okay exactly and that's and I i think you hit on a very important point often when we raise money we're really trying to raise money for like you said things that where we know what the money is going to do and where the mm-hmm. money is going to go. And so there's Alana's tournament. There is also the sustainable development project that raises a lot of money yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. And and we know exactly where those funds go. And, and we know exactly how they help the community. Mm-hmm. So it's very good. It's an excellent point. So you talked a little bit about wanting Alana's legacy to live on and the tournament to continue to be important even 5, 10, 15 years later. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of that has to do with Alana herself. Yeah, definitely. So, so why was Alana, for you, why was she a leader? You talked about her smile. You talked about the mm-hmm. fact that she played with you on the playground, even though she was a little yeah. bit older. What else can we say about Alana as a leader? Well, I think the number one thing that ISP has taught about leadership and something that we see a lot in the real world is the way people approach a problem. So Alana being diagnosed with leukemia cancer, she always had, she was always positive and she always had a positive outlook on life, which I mean, I think is incredibly important, especially now that we have, you know, this pandemic and so many other problems in the world. She always tried to be positive and you know and that smile that was shining from her also shone onto it was shine onto the other people around her you know so obviously at a time that was very sad it was it came out positive which is something that we actually see through the tournament you know the tournament is never something that people think of as sad her memory is remembered as something very positive and joyful and happy and that's because of the person she was and the way she was um confronting problems that i mean were happening in her daily life it was always in a positive and just joyful manner yeah definitely and sorry no go ahead go ahead i i never had the chance to meet her unfortunately 
but I, I know a little bit about her now that I'm involved in the tournament and I've had meetings with Mr. McMillan and other teachers regarding the tournament. And it's always in a really positive mood and everything is very happy. And I know of her in a very good way. It's always something positive. It's like Vivi said, smiling, like even the things that Vivi has said, even though she didn't know her that well, she just seems like a very happy and positive person, which I feel like it's nice because people who didn't have the opportunity to meet her will remember her that way and will remember the tournament that way. And I think this year we touched on this already a little bit briefly, but unfortunately we can't hold the tournament, which is something that saddens us all. I mean, really the entire community, but you created a Facebook page and we'll talk yes. about that a little bit more in detail, but the the photo you chose of Alana for the Facebook page is just that. It's a picture of her smiling with just a, exactly. a beautiful, beautiful smile. So I think you've done a good job of capturing who she is as a person and, and why she is such a leader. So tell us about the, the Facebook page. Where did that idea come from and why now? What do you plan to do with it? Um, um, yeah, go ahead. A lot of people have been making Instagram pages, but we were thinking it might be a little bit better to make the platform for a target audience, which of course is the students, but it's also the parents. And so we thought that using Facebook was a good way to reach more of the community, at least at ISP. And it's also quite easy to share within other schools. So we decided to use Facebook. We were also thinking Instagram, but then we decided to just do one platform first and see how that works and then maybe potentially expand on it in the future and we'll see about that. Yeah, and something on the Facebook page to notice is the GoFundMe link. So me and Gigi actually were part of the Sustainable Development Project last year and we found that a very efficient and easy way to raise funds was through a GoFundMe page. So obviously, since we can't physically collect money from people anymore, we have also set up a GoFundMe page, which has a an ultimate goal of raising 8,000 euros so that we can keep having the same amount, if not even more than we did last year, despite the circumstances. Because to be honest, the money is probably even more important now than it has ever been before. So your Facebook page launched officially. We did one push just to let everyone know that it was available. And then I also spoke to the PTA about the fact that all the members of the PTA and the parents in the school should definitely like and follow the page that you'll be updating yeah. regularly. So what exactly. is your plan to, to update this page and, and keep it lively and make sure that people know that it exists? We have lined up a few pages. What we're planning to post next is a bit more details about Alana's story. So as previously mentioned, Ms. McAteer and Mr. McMillan, who are her parents, we've been in contact with them for the past six months, but especially for the past two weeks. And they have a letter where they explain Alana's life story in a lot more detail, which I think is something that's important, especially because, I mean, the tournament is ultimately dedicated to her. So that's what we're planning to post next. And then we also continue with some photos and a bit more detailed story about the, the tournament itself. So who started it and who me and Gigi are and how we have been contributing it to it and who else has been involved in it for the past five years. So we just have ultimately a few posts lined up. And after those have been posted, we're going to continue posting maybe even some, you know, challenges or some more interactive things for people to continue seeing uh, Alana's memory on their timelines. Perfect. Yeah, and definitely some more pictures. I know we're working together to find pictures of, of past years. Yeah. And- and really make that page lively and, and show the fun that everyone has when they participate. So is that is that good news? I hear that both of you will be continuing the tournament organization next year. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
well, we think that it would be really good to have someone with us so that once we graduate next year, we can not hand off the tournament, but someone in the grade below, or even 10 who's going into grade 11 like we have, is going to better understand the process of, of planning the tournament. Obviously, we'll still be there to help because I feel like for us, having Feline there, despite her having graduated already, was a big help. So we still want to be there for that person. We haven't really chosen anyone. It's not really a choose thing. We'll see if someone um, decides to stand up because it's obviously a really good opportunity to get involved in the school. But also, it's a really good tournament to be part of and learn more about Alana and her story. It is just a great way, like you said, to be more involved in the school and really understand some of the stories that make this community what it is. And and Alana's story really defines us and and makes us who we are. In the last podcast episode, we started talking about Cass and we gave an example of of a project. But maybe the two of you could just expand on what Cass means to you and really the structure of a a Cass project. Because the Alana's tournament is a a great example of a really full and well-developed Cass project. Yeah, of course. So obviously CAST is kind of a natural continuation on from Services Action, which is kind of the equivalent of CAST in MYP. So me and Gigi were both very involved in, in MYP and the MYP Services Action. And especially this year, we've noticed CAST hasn't really been a burden for us. CAST for me and for Gigi is kind of a way to distract ourselves from actual schoolwork in a way where we enjoy it and we also end up benefiting from it in the long run. And the cash is also really viewed as something that you do as an extracurricular in order to get into university, which obviously that's true. ECAs will help with that. But at the same time, like, for example, this tournament, our motives for this tournament is not because we want to have it on our application. We want to do it because it's fun to organize. It's fun to be a part of the school community, to be able to understand more about Alana, more about leukemia. So I feel like Doing things because you are interested and because you want to is an important part of CAS, as well as doing a lot of things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what Thomas said during his podcast. He said exactly the same thing. He said, if you yeah. find something that you're really interested in, CAS becomes really just super easy. Yeah, it really does. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go back to the structure of a CAS project. We didn't get into that with Thomas. He gave some advice and we started getting into a few of the requirements for the cast. But what are those requirements? What are those guidelines you have when you're launching a project? There's certain requirements, obviously, as you said. So cast stands for creativity, action and service. So you need to have a certain amount of experiences for each of those three strands. And but ultimately, you need to have a project, which is something that you initiate and lasts minimum a month. So for me and Gigi, this awesome tournament was our cast project but we both have a second one on the side just because i mean it just happened to be that way Uh, once again because we were already thinking about our projects last year and the tournament wasn't something that we that we were involved in for the purpose of it being a project but just more for ourselves Mm -hmm. anyways and so so yeah you have experiences which are things that you don't ultimately initiate but you participate in and then they count for those three strands and then you have to make a project yeah so it's really, I mean, it does sound like a lot uh, on paper, but in real life, once again, if it is something that you enjoy and if you do find a way to adapt your cast to your daily lives and to your hobbies, then it just really becomes quite easy and quite enjoyable. And another um, part of cast is writing reflections. So for example, the reflections are quite, 
they're kind of hard to write, to be honest. I wasn't writing them right at first because I was being much more descriptive about what I was doing. So, for example, when I wrote about emailing the schools, I wrote what I did as a reflection is much more of the problems that you had, what you learned from this. So, for example, I learned how to properly communicate with principals from other schools, which I hadn't really done before because, I mean, it's not something I'm just going to, you know, email. Yeah, why would you? (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. Like, I did learn a lot, and I feel like that's what you need to know about cast reflections is that you need to write reflectively um, and not descriptively. Right, but there is an element, too. I mean, like you said, it's important to keep track of what you've done. And, yeah, definitely. And how you, it's part of your, your action planning and, and mm-hmm. what you need to do to make your project move forward. So there are really two elements that you need to keep track of. Your, Like you said, your challenges, how you're going to adapt what you do to make it better, how you're mm-hmm. acting on feedback, and you know, just what do I have to do to make this project move forward? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, w- I wanted to know a little bit more about the awareness component of a cast project and I don't know if it's mandatory but there, there is an element um, of needing to bring awareness to an issue whether it be uh-huh. Alana leukemia or you know an environmental issue is is that a requirement in cast so under service there's actually four types of service and one of the four is advocacy which is raising awareness towards some sort of cause. So that is under one of the four strands. And within the service requirement of CAS, you need to have touched upon all four of those subtopics, kind of. So Alana's Awesome Tournament would be going under advocacy. But since it's a project, then it goes beyond just that. But that's where it starts off with. That will be an important element of your Facebook pages, is raising awareness about what leukemia actually is, the effects of it, how it affects families. All of those are, yeah, very important elements of the advocacy bit of it. So you talked about your choice of Facebook versus Instagram. And I'm I'm always curious, especially talking to the students, how you really feel about these online communities and and if you feel that they are really, truly effective ways to support people through difficult times or to support a community or to bring awareness to an issue. All students love how accessible Instagram page is to students. Facebook is something that everyone kind of has but doesn't look at regularly. People my age especially are just scrolling through Instagram whenever they have some free time. Yeah. So it's I we find ourselves often talking about the ISP Instagram page and oh look like you were in this picture or oh, look this is so funny you know it's <laughs> it's something that comes up quite often and I think it's because it's so approachable to students whereas the school Facebook is more something that at least we feel is more directed towards parents or it is more accessed by parents and outside um, of ISP community people rather than yeah. the, the students definitely I feel like especially now. I feel like the online community is really important because a lot of the things that we're doing, like online school, revolves around the internet. And it's one of the best ways to stay in touch with our friends and everything like that. But I'm not going to lie, we had so much trouble trying to get a Facebook page up. I had no idea how to use Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard. Okay, so what did did you learn? I mean, talk us through some of those steps. I think that's really interesting for anyone who who comes after you or who wants to do a similar project because you're absolutely right. The Facebook page is a much better way to reach parents. Yeah. Yeah. So talk us through it a little bit. What did you learn? So we struggled a bit. So we started off with Vivi's Facebook page, and then we made a separate page off of that. Which, by my, by the way, this is the first time I've ever made a Facebook page because I've only used Instagram. So I had to first start by creating the page for myself. <laughs> and I currently have two friends on Facebook, which is Gigi and Feline. So oh, bravo. that's as far as it's going. <laughs> yeah. 
and we struggled a bit with the page because every time I would search up the page, it would just go to Vivi's page, and obviously, like, that's great and all because it's under Vivi's Facebook page, <laughs> but the parents aren't going to want to go to Vivi's page. They're going to want to go to the Alana's uh, fund page, so we had to figure out how to do that, and it was a bit complicated not having the teachers around to tell us, like, the information because we obviously had to put the school's information in but it, it was kind of tricky knowing what we were allowed to put in and what we weren't so the address and things like that we don't really know what our boundaries are as students mm. trying to make a school page okay yeah that was it. definitely oh sorry to cut you off but that was something that they said at the beginning um when we first made the facebook page the first thing we got was oh are you sure you can make it because teachers aren't allowed to follow students on facebook we said, no, no, it's not going to be our Facebook page. It's not going to be Vivian Gigi's Facebook page. It's going to be Alana's Facebook page. So that was something that we had to keep in mind at all times when we were first starting off with the page. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that's very important. And I, I should set out those rules for you guys. Because I know there's just a plethora of Instagram pages and all kinds of things that... Um, as a community, we're not using them correctly and really harnessing the strength of what those pages can do. So something very simple, for example, is is having a, a hashtag that we can all use together that refers people to Alana. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, so that's something you guys should definitely think of a hashtag that, that we can always use, whether it be on Facebook or on Instagram, because of course you know they're linked. So So that hashtag will refer everyone to anyone who talks about Alana they can tag that post and we'll be able to find it and see it and, and everything. And then also too, you know, you, you being able to look at the analytics of your Facebook page to see if it's working, if it really is having the impact that you want it to have. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about this Facebook page, which I think is really important is to mention that we have been in contact with the other schools and we are asking them to share it on their Facebook pages so that we can continue reaching the amount of people we would have normally reached. And we're also trying to reach alumni. So we've had some old grade 12 students um, like Feline and her friends like our page. And what's I think important to also mention, which we didn't mention earlier in the podcast, was the two people who originally started the tournament. So that was Tommaso and Aris. Mm-hmm. And they were they were grade 9 students at the time. And then this was the a year after Alana had passed away. So they decided to start this tournament and they're really the ones who started the tournament legacy in the school. So I think it's important to mention their name because if there is someone that we need to thank for this, it's definitely the two of them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Very good. Yeah, and I hope they're listening. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see if we can find them and make sure that they're listening. Have you checked to see if they if they followed? To be honest, we don't really know how how to do that. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna the three of us are gonna get together and we're gonna have a good old lesson. And when you start to see that you have that kind of momentum and you have that kind of following, there's a lot of things you can do with that, and we don't want to miss that opportunity, right? So we're gonna get together as soon as we can. Um, Perfect. In the meantime, yeah, we'll keep promoting and we'll keep we'll keep making sure that we build that community. All right, so what have you learned personally from Alana's story? And what would you like others to learn from her story? Well, I think this question kind of goes into two. I mean, we've learned a lot from Alana, and we've learned a lot from organizing the tournament. Mm -hmm. So from the the tournament, there's a bigger practical side. So as Gigi said, how to contact people in such a formal environment, how to organize a tournament from scratch in the first place, how to learn to talk to teachers in an appropriate way. A big part of it was staying in contact with Mr. McMillan and Ms. McAteer. And so there's been a very big practical and social part of this. And then we also had quite a few challenges when organizing the tournament with some of the school teachers or with just general bumps along the road. So we've had to deal with them, which have also 
taught us a lot of practical things. And then from Alana, as we've said, it's just this whole looking at life in a positive manner, especially, especially right now, I think is what the main thing we should take from this is. I agree. I feel like Alana herself, like we said, was a really happy, positive person. But for me, the fact that everyone in the school that I've talked to or had a meeting uh, with has said the same thing really says that it really was that way. It wasn't just, oh, she was a nice person. She was a sweet, loving, like happy, smiley person. And I feel like I would, I, I hope to believe that everyone would be remembered that way and that you can be remembered that way. I feel like it's kind of an example of a perfect, I don't know, I don't really... Yeah, it's just a perfect way to remember someone, and hopefully everyone should aim to be remembered the way we remember Alana, I think. Exactly. Yeah, I think, again, that's what community is for, to remind each other that we have a shining example of that in our community, that we can always look to that example of leadership and, and behavior and set that as a goal for ourselves. Go follow the Facebook page. Yeah, go follow the Facebook page. Please, any small donations to the GoFundMe link. We're really trying to reach that goal of 8,000 and we also want to thank again everyone who's been supporting us and everyone who's been involved this year and in the past five years and also a special special thank you to uh, Mr. McMillan and Miss McAteer. Yeah definitely for being able to stay in contact with us and helping us through this and telling Alana's story. Exactly mm-hmm. and the continued willingness to be involved and yeah. to, to keep her memory alive and, and to exactly. keep her as an example mm-hmm. in the community. I think that's really, really something that we should congratulate them for. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you. The podcast is a challenge. <laughs> and so thank you for living up to that challenge in a very beautiful and lovely and coherent and just fantastic way. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. Uh, yeah, thank anytime. you for having us. Anytime. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, girls. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah. You too. Bye. Uh, bye. bye. Please visit the Alana's Awesome Tournament Facebook page, like it, and share widely. If you're willing and able, please click on the GoFundMe link to help us reach our goal of 8,000 euros in donations. We'd love to schedule our annual meeting with Professor Petit and celebrate meeting our goal of continuing to fund child cancer research. This is the end of the first season of iSpeaks, but we'll be back in September. If you need to reach us over the summer, head to our website, www.isparis.edu, for our contact details, or send us a DM via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a safe and healthy summer. A très très bientôt.